The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. Good morning, all. Ryan Tuberty with you. It's Tuesday morning. It's the 5th of April 2022 and we are here till 10am. The text number is 51. Five five one. You can email Ryan at rte.ie and at four minutes past nine, it's a pleasure to have your company for the next. Well, not quite hour, is it really? But the guts of it, <laughs> the guts of it, at least. Uh, and thank you for um, uh, emails you've been sending in overnight. We'll get to as many of them as we can uh, this morning. Uh, I got to catch up with uh, the final episode of the final series ever, 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 ever of Peaky Blinders. Um, and I was, yeah, it, it turned out to be this massive tapestry of, it was like watching an art installation. It nearly became more art than drama, Did I, in that way. That's not, that sounds like I'm, I'm judging it in, in a pejorative way. I'm not really, actually. It was, it was like watching a beautiful painting um, unfold, with like a, like a bayo tapestry. You're just going, there's Tommy Shelby there, making his way, okay. You know, it was, it was really quite something. And, of course, all led by... Um, Killian Murphy, fair play to you. Really knockout performance throughout uh, the series, and Charlie McKenna also playing a blinder. Um, oh, didn't mean that. Uh, in the middle of it all. No, that wasn't unintended. That was a, that was a, that was a, that was a, a dad joke that didn't mean to come out, but just kind of slipped out because they're so constant. I now don't even know when I'm doing them; they just happen. Um, but that was good. I was happy, happy to watch that. There was another extraordinary program I watched. Um, Putin's uh, road to war, I think it was. I, I, I think it was a, a probably a PBS channel that RT showed last week that I had recorded, and it was it's very contemporary because it included the beginning of the the current war in Ukraine, and it was shockingly good in terms of context and just telling you how and why. Be really good, worth watching back if you ha- if you haven't seen it. I don't know if it's on the player. We'll have a look now and see if it is. But it, it was very, very, very good. It's an intriguing moment in it where they were saying it was kind of what uh, charting Putin's rise to power, and he was just such a not a, a low level. Yeah, he was barely on the radar of, of anyone's radar, and he just worked his way, seeped his way to the top. As I heard somebody describing somebody else's career once, he seeped his way to the top. Uh, all happened under Yeltsin. You remember Boris Yeltsin, who didn't get off the plane to meet Albert Reynolds because he was too drunk. So Boris Yeltsin, who was who was, uh, you know, he was I, I, ostensibly maybe going to bring democracy to Russia, and he then anointed Yelt, uh, Putin and said, you know, you're the guy. And everyone went, who? Putin? Who's he? Exactly, he's the guy. And interestingly enough, then. Um, Bill Clinton was president at this time and he went over to visit uh, Yeltsin and Putin separately. He met Putin first. And in this documentary, you see Putin and he's sitting down and he's got the legs man-spreading in his chair. He's leaning back, slouching back and he's kind of, it's kind of disrespectful body language towards the president of America. Bill Clinton, for all his faults, affable politician. People liked him. He's charismatic and he just didn't like the cut of this guy's jib. And they were saying that um, after the meeting, Clinton then went to see Boris Yeltsin. And he said to Boris Yeltsin, he, and they gave him a big bear hug, as you do in Russia, and he and they, they got on great. And he said, great to see you, Boris, and great to see you, Bill. And they, they had gone on well, weirdly, and it was all fine. But they sat down to talk then. 
And Clinton said to him, I, I'm, I'm not sure about that guy. I don't think you picked the right guy. And he pointed at Boris Yeltsin's heart and he said, that guy, referring to Vladimir Putin, does not have democracy in his heart. Stabbing him in his heart with his finger, joking at him in a friendly way. He does not have democracy in his heart. Very prescient thing to say when you look at where we are today and the, the man is in charge of rape and murder and slaughter of people uh, not too far away from us as we speak. And he saw it. Apparently then, according to this programme, uh, Yeltsin said towards the end of his days, he said, I think I made the wrong move there. And here we are dealing with this man. Here we are dealing with a photograph I'm looking at today that was sent out by a Ukrainian mother. Here's what they're doing. This is a horrible thing to have to share with you today, but, but life is not easy. Uh, and in Ukraine, we can't lose sight of what's happening because at the beginning, we were all very invested. And sometimes when things happen like this, you drift from it because you think here is another day or it's too much for you. But, and by the way, I count myself completely in that too. And uh, Ukrainian mothers are now taking their youngsters, toddlers. I'm looking at a picture of a young girl. And on her back is written her name and a contact phone number in pen on her bareback this, of this child. And the reason they're doing it is because if they get lost in the run uh, of war and in the fog of war, they'll have these pen details on their back in case something happens and someone would, someone would welcome her as a survivor. That's what it's come to. Imagine you sent your kids off to school today thinking, there they go. In Afghanistan, you can't send your child to school, your, your, sorry, your female, your daughter to school today because it's illegal. And in Ukraine, mothers and fathers are waking up today with a Sharpie pen to write their children's names on their bare backs in case they get separated in, 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 in the fog of war. Pretty grim, but that's what it is. It's, 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 it's uh, probably worth mentioning because it's so, it's so awful. And as we welcome Ukrainian people joining us now um, in this country, that's the kind of thing that's on their minds. So it's no small thing. In slightly lighter news, uh, the artist Quinton Blake, one of my favourite illustrate, children's illustrators, uh, he's done uh, donated two original drawings to encourage young children to have their COVID-19 vaccinations. They're lovely. His, their drawings are so, they're so uh, identifiable as his, you know. And um, one picture shows Quinton Blake with a needle in his arm saying, I got vaccinated straight away and now I'm unstoppable. And You'd know his drawings from the Roald Dahl books and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and all. And he's he's written his own. But um, they are gorgeous pieces and someday I will own one. Just very uh, uh, common nowadays is the pursuit of expensive whiskey. Um, I see today in the Irish Daily Star, two of the country's oldest bottles of Middleton, very rare, have sold at auction for a combined 94,000 euro. The mind boggles. A 2020 released Middleton very rare silent distillery 45-year-old single malt fetched 48,000, the highest price paid for an Irish whiskey at public auction. While a 46-year-old single pot still Irish whiskey distilled in 1973 sold for 46,000 euro. I mean, that is remarkable. And people seem to be investing in whiskey. And I've noticed when sometimes I would attend, albeit by a far, 
uh, an auction of collectibles or something like that, or curios or ephemera of what from of what you're ever into. There'll often be a few pages of whiskey bottles that people are. Is anyone drinking them, or are they just investing in them and looking like like art? Putting in, is that not like putting the buying a, a Picasso and putting it in a basement? I don't see the joy of that. Isn't art meant to be a thing of joy to share? And someday, wouldn't you like to open that big bottle of whiskey and share it? And, and uh, anyway. It's not an issue for me. I do not like whiskey. I do not like the taste of it or the smell of it. It makes me... Uh, no, not so much. But if you're into it, you're into it. And if it's a, if, certainly if it's an investment, good good on you. Meanwhile, a hap- there's a happy librarian today listening. Well, actually, probably not listening <laughs> because the librarian is in uh, the UK. Cambridge University Library. They woke up to yesterday to a pink gift bag. And in the gift bag was a, a note, a typed note on an envelope that simply wished the librarian of the library a happy Easter. But that wasn't all that was in the pink bag, obviously. In the pink bag was something that has been missing since October 2020 when they were reported as stolen. But they're back now and they are two Charles Darwin manuscripts. Now that's something that's worth a lot of money and um, got nothing to do with money, really, just the history of it. They were reported stolen. They've been anonymously returned in this pink gift bag. They were left on the floor of a public area of the library outside the librarian's office on the fourth floor of the 17-story building on March 9th. And the area, this caught my eye, the area has is, isn't covered by CCTV, which makes me suspicious because if the person delivering back the manuscripts in the pink bag knew that there was no CCTV there. Of all the places to drop the bag back, I would be... Now, maybe it's because I read a lot of <laughs> crime nonsense. And I'm going, yes, I know exactly what's happening here. You don't, you haven't a clue. You read crime and that's the end of it and you enjoy that and it's a distraction from life. No, but I do know because the CCTV... No, you know nothing. Leave it to the professionals. Anyway, sure enough, plain brown envelope, uh, printed message, librarian, happy Easter... And an X for a kiss. <laughs> okay. Okay, Poirot, they're saying outside. Okay, Poirot, beat it with that. I know, I know, I know, I know. Vanilla, the smell of vanilla. Now, oh, Lord. So often there's one, sometimes there's a perfume, isn't there? Like a vanilla perfume. And it's not for everyone. And vanilla is often unfairly maligned as being a safe and boring choice. But it's apparently it's the, it's the world's favourite scent. Do you know that? team of international experts has found they're busy in Oxford and they took these scents and here's what they found. Vanilla is the nicest smell, apparently. And then the smell of peaches, which I do understand. Do you know when you buy a peach, what's the first thing you do with it? It's not eat it. You put it up towards your nose and go, oh, it's a delicious smell. And then we're into lavender, which, again, when you pick a bit of lavender from somebody's garden, whatever, the first thing you do is you want to smell it. Actually, if you crush it, it even smells better. So that's fair enough. For cloves, Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Cloves. Clove Rock. Used to have buy a quarter pound of those sometimes when I was 812. But they're they're still going. The number five is rose, which is a beautiful smell. I mean, there's very few things as beautiful as a smell of a fresh rose that's still growing. And you bury your nose in it and go, that's gorgeous. Six mushrooms. I will vomit all over you. I Mushrooms make me ill. No to mushrooms in anything. I, I think I've said this before. We get a couple of cards from mushroom farmers saying, yeah, cheers. I said, no, it's not, I'm not anti you. 
just not into them. And also, I'm a freak when it comes to food anyway. So, like, don't be, don't be worrying about me. The number seven top smell of them all is sweaty goats. Now, how in God's name they decided this and where they found it and who was answering this petition, I'll never know. Number eight, green peppers, which smell of nothing. Number nine, garlic or... Actually, number nine is a dead heat. (laughs) Number nine is a dead heat between garlic and decaying fish as popular smells. And number 10 is sweaty feet. I'm out of here. That's the biggest waste of time I've ever heard of. Let's talk about this museum in Sweden. This is this is the world gone completely bonkers. They, 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 they've, they've decided to make the, the visitors to the museum, you become the artist and the exhibit because it's not a, it's not a museum, it's a museum. <laughs> it's all about you. And what happens is they've set up, essentially the museum is just a constant flow and series of backdrops for great selfies. And it's a museum. Could that work here? I mean, have we got the, have we reached the zenith of photographing narcissism? Is, have we got there? Will somebody please turn out the lights and please be sure to record yourself doing it, post it on Instagram while taking a selfie and falling off the back of a cliff that is pop culture eating itself. The museum is open for business. <laughs> Lord in heaven. And here's another one that's uh, that's gone, the, the world gone bonkers is... You know, sometimes if there's a restaurant and you bring your own bottle and they'll charge you corkage, which I understand. You've got to clean the glasses. You've got to pay for the, you know, the electricity, staff. No, it's okay. Apparently what's happening in the UK is that if you have the birthday and you go, great, great, great. And then somebody says, oh yeah, do you mind if we just put the cake here? And they're going, no, you're, um, well, now we're going to have to give you plates and serviettes and knives and forks and we're going to have to wash them and then somebody's going to bring them down to you. And the uh, they're now replacing corkage with cakeage. It's now a thing. So you go in with a cake, and the restaurant staff are entitled to say, "That'll be a tenner for the cakeage." Excuse me. And then there'll be a big row, and loads of TripAdvisor unpleasantness, and you wonder, nah, just have the cake at home. <laughs> have the cake at home. Don't worry about anything. Um, as Somebody who doesn't have little children, um, I am just uh, reading this on the basis that some of you will probably go, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Apparently there's an animated, an animated character doing the rounds called Huggy Wuggy. And the reason I mention Huggy Wuggy, Huggy Wuggy is my vice presidential candidate. No, Huggy Wuggy is actually a... <laughs> uh, he is a, a medicine character with razor sharp teeth and he keeps appearing on... I suppose it's YouTube and TikTok, maybe things like that. And people go, what the hell is this? And they go, it's cute, it's Huggy Wuggy. And then this character bursts out and scares the scares people. And that's what it is. But that's why I'm going to mention this children's book that I've, I've brought down with me every day the last few days, but I haven't had a chance to mention it. But now we're talking about kids. And there's a, it, do you, remember, you know those little square books that little, really little children like? And on each page is a jumper. And it's J Jumper. B ball. Okay. And it's a little car, uh, hardback thing. This is a lovely one. And it is by somebody called Aoife Dooley. All right. And it is uh, littleisland.ie. That's where you'll find it. And on each word is, it's ABC Ireland. That's why I liked it. So A is for Aaron Jumper. You see? So, so the children are learning about their own country. So rather than go, J is for Jumper. You know, it, no, it's A is for Aaron Jumper. You know, B is for... Bog. 
Isn't that great? C is for Connacht and D is for Dart and E is for Emerald Isle and F is for Fiddle and G is for GAA and H is for Hurley and I is for Ireland and J is for Jig and K is for Kells and L is for Leinster and M is for Munster and M is for Newgrange and O is for Oscar. P is for Potato. Q is for Queen Maeve. R is for Wrath. S is for Shamrock. T is for Titanic. U is for Ulster. V is for Viking. Intrigued where we're going now. W is for Whistle. X is for Kiss, Kiss, Kiss for the Blarney Stone. Oh! Uh, y is <laughs> Y is for your man and Z is for the dead zoo they covered that nicely well done Eva Dooley uh, that's a really cute book I think if you if there's a, a baba trying to learn a few words that's the way to that's the way I'd, I'd be going for that I like, really enjoyed that and we all just read a book together you know have you read anything good recently yes actually I, 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 it was an audio book on the radio there it lasted about 45 seconds and it was great fun Okay, uh, I agree, says Mary Russell. Uh, mushrooms are the devil's food. Uh, disgusting. I'm shuddering even typing the word. Oh, as for peaches, same effect, yeah. Oh, oh as in, like, mushrooms and peaches? Uh, how could you not like mushrooms? They're fun guys. Oh, we're going there, are we? Fun guys. You can have that. Pika Blinders was commissioned by a Limerick man, Tommy Bulfin. Um, this I didn't know. He's executive producer of Peaky Blinders. Good man, Tommy. Good call. Um, and Mike in Lock Race says, so that business of uh, asking people about their favourite smells, would that not be called a scent? Would that not be called a scent? The census? Okay, let's just uh, move away from that now for the moment and take some more great Irish music on the programme. It's Wild Youth. Something like a bad trip I'm feeling hot, feeling lovesick I think I died, oh no, no When you walk through the door can't hear the music Like a drug used to use it You got my heart on the floor Ain't no love anymore When I see your body next to somebody new The way he's holding you I'm too broken hearted Too hurt for this party Uh, I was just watching a thing there the other day in British pubs and it reminded me of how British pubs are the worst pubs on the planet Earth. There are no worse bars to go to than a pub, particularly in uh, London, where there's no soul. Um, at least if there's a bar in maybe a village, it might be nice and part of the fabric of it. I haven't been to enough of them to really suppose, speak so 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 broadly and so damningly, but they are... I've never, I remember having a glass kind of taken out of my hand and then them pouring the bit of beer that was left into a cup and kind of looking at me with half a bell ringing. I and mean, they were just short of having a Morris dance on my head to get me out. And I was like, it is a quarter to 11. You close at 11. This is not computing for me in any... Now, and then, I don't know why I turned into William Shatner, but it, this is not computing for me at all. And it isn't. Think about uh, tech, tech says bringing in your own cake is uh, to rest. This is the cakeage. Is the fact that nobody then orders dessert. Yes. And therefore, uh, the, the, the restaurant now misses out on a whole course and then have to wash the plates and then the customers stay longer. Yeah, I'm, I'm with the restaurants on this one, I have to say. You can't just be coming in going out, brought cake and, uh, you know, brought a, brought a bit of, uh, what's that? That's it. It's a cooked chicken. What? Uh, yeah, and then the other bag, ah, they're pre-packed roast. Oh, so you brought the whole, di- why are you here? <laughs> well, the toilets are great. Oh, oh, good, okay, well, enjoy yourself. And then you're going to give out to me for charging you a bit of cakeage. We are instilled from newborns, says 
herself pronounced very pregnant Galway lady to love the smell and taste of vanilla as breast milk is said to have a vanilla flavour and so we associate it with comfort news to me uh, but thank you for that and as for that great little book that we uh, all read together ABC Ireland um, somebody said no spoiler in it I'm sorry I wrecked your buzz I, I didn't give you a spoiler I should have done that That's, uh, that was my error I may have called it The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1. Okay, uh, late for work, says Bonnie Dempsey, because I can't get out of the car listening to Zlat on radio this morning talking so insightfully about her beloved Sarajevo and what she describes as herbicide. Um, how can this be happening again? I don't know, and it's it's very disheartening, but um, um, I, I could have talked to Zlat for a lot longer, to be honest with you. She's an intriguing person, and as you say yourself, great, great insight. Uh, and another planet far, far away, John says, you're really unfair to the English pubs there. Lots of very nice traditional pubs. Okay, I'll, I'll accept that. As John says, stay away from the plastic places. That's a good point. Lots of nice traditional bars everywhere. Maybe it's a London thing. The, the bars are a bit... It's the, do you know what? Maybe it's the fact that it's the closing time is so... It's so harsh. <laughs> no, not sort of, lads, finish up your pints there. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just the harshness of it, I think. Um, remember doing a No Frontiers remember that travel program was one of my favourites I've done it did a couple of things with them and um, I'd love to do more things like that someday but we did uh, Oxford and I wanted to do Inspector Morse and Harry Potter and it was all that lovely Oxford uh, touring around I really enjoyed it and then we went to the Eagle and Child pub where Tolkien would have sat uh, talking to his pals and other writers and having a few pints Probably warm pints, as they tend to be. Uh, but the, yeah, and that was a lovely bar. So, John, yes, I completely accept your point. Excellent. And now we are friends forever. Uh, when out at dances, says the text, uh, we, my pals used to seek out aftershave users and we'd rate the scent. That's your scent, as somebody called it earlier on. Brute was the top of the time. Made the lads more attractive. Maybe this brings back memories for girls of our age. 71, you say. Uh, I still can't get over Sheila Ferguson yesterday our guest from three, the three degree 74 I thought they were taking the mick I could not believe it anyway that's for another day Neve was on more importantly we took in two refugees from Montenegro during the Bosnian war they were 12 and, 13, and 14 and got stranded at China airport as they were fleeing war on false passports they eventually managed to get into the US to join their parents and they're still living there today isn't that lovely listening to Zlata brings it all back history really does keep on repeating itself and that's the grim takeaway if you will from um, that chat this morning it's four minutes to ten I I just wanted to just I was trying to find a a clip of of this uh, cellist Vedran Smilovich, and he was a principal cellist for the Sarajevo Opera. And on May the 27th, 92, an artillery shell exploded in front of a bakery while people were lining up to buy bread. 22 people were killed and more than 100 others badly injured. And the next day, Vedran wore his black tie and went out in front of that area where the bomb went off and played Adagio in G minor, you'll know it when you hear it, as a memorial to the massacre. And he picked up his cello and chair and went back to safety and he did this every day for 22 days one day for a performance for each of those massacred outside the bakery and he changed the times for security reasons every day and it's just a remarkable thing and I'm glad to say that Vedran was able to flee the war and today he lives 
on the island here in Ireland, um, as it happens in Northern Ireland, Warren Point. And uh, what I would do to see him uh, playing that piece of music, maybe even on the Late Late Show. Um, but uh, he is uh, some man, I tell you, just reading that story this morning after talking to Zlata. Extraordinary. It's 10 o'clock. Stay tuned for Claire Byrne and have a lovely day. The Ryan Tuberty Show. Listen back on the RTE Radio Player.